Welcome back to the Quiet On Set podcast powered by Cineman. I'm Ewan Graf, and as always, I'm joined by Lachlan Teeley. What is AI? Finally, the Quiet On Set podcast talks about the most clickbaity thing on the internet right now, <laughs> AI. We'll get to that because it's got to do with the new short. We are both really experts in this, having nothing to do with tech overall. Nothing to do with it. <laughs> Not really, no. Uh, I watched Key and Peel some of those seasons. I rewatched all of the John Wick films and finished Avatar The Last Airbender. And Lachlan, you uh, ended up rewatching The Last of Us. So we'll get into that in what we've been watching. Yes, I did. And today, our closing topic of conversation is. The latest release in the John Wick series, John Wick Chapter 4. Will Ewan and I have an argument about whether this movie is good or not? Mm -hmm. Well, stick around and find out because that's how you're going to find out, really, honestly, unless you skip, unless you skip to the end. Uh, but other than that, just listen throughout the entire thing. <laughs> Let's cue up the intro uh, and get into the show. We are it professionals. Is, this, is, this is a professional podcast. Yes. Breaking that and better for song. Hello there. <laughs> Which actually did you this get is me a hat a as well? Um, yes. So I've got Dune Cam. <laughs> it's just a camera <laughs> with my Dune Steelbook. All right, welcome back, uh, Lachlan. It's a big Hello, week Ewan. for the theater experience. Um, on hopefully the action experience on action. Yes, big action with John Wick. Um, battling it out. Uh, we'll actually have a full-on spoiler thoughts for that. Uh, later today, so uh, catch up with it um, if you are willing to sit for almost three hours, or I guess with the pre-screenings or whatever, all the ads, you probably end up being three hours in the theater, um, but I'd say the experience is worth it. We can take that away before we even get into Ooh, okay. uh, it. Yeah, I Maybe mean, like, we're not going to argue after all. I think I've come around on it a bit, but we'll get into that a bit more. Okay. Okay. First up, uh, let's talk about the news briefly and uh, the main thing in here is that uh, the WGA, the Writers Guild of America, is about to, I guess, renew or redo their contract on May 1st. It's about to expire. That usually means they set a bunch of demands and they will probably go on strike until they can somewhat reach an agreement of uh, what they want to be changed in here. And the most pressing issue, especially for writers, even more than for any of the other guilds, is AI. The potential of AI to be able to write part of scripts, maybe outlines, maybe full ideas, or even the most part of a script. The clauses that are in here that the WGA is about to set is that uh, anything an AI writes is not considered literary material. They have the terminology there for anything a writer does, anything a screen, like uh, someone who's in the WGA does. When they write something, it is considered literary material. So even if you base your story on something an AI has spouted out as an idea, it would still be considered an original screenplay, not adaptation of an idea an AI has uh, come up with. I don't know what the terminology is for AI being creative. It's, uh, it's interesting because uh, luckily AI seems to be coming uh, first for all of the creative jobs. And um, yeah, what do, you, what do you think about this? What's the... Potential future of this is WGA tackling it in a good way. Do you think this this will cover it or just look? I, I think that uh, the word AI is is being missed misused here because what we're referring to is this program called ChatGTP or a form yeah. of it where it is able to 
form sentences based on a preset of information. So ChatGTP mm. 3 was based on stuff from 2021 and pr uh, previous to that. And now yep. there's newer versions coming out with Bing, ChatGTP 4, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they're, they're getting smarter and smarter and it's getting better and better at forming things. Uh, funnily enough, I've recently gotten back into writing stuff and mm -hmm. there have been moments where I, I haven't really known where I've wanted to go with a story and I have used the way of using chat GDP to form the next layer of that screenplay. Yeah. I, I think that we're just in a spot where people are going to just abuse it and use it to create an entire screenplay. That's not what it is. I think it's literally a great tool for the future. Um, yeah. I don't know if you use, but I use DuckDuckGo and they've got their own form mm. of it when you search. And I find it really useful when I'm searching for very specific answers that it's able yeah. to generate one of those answers for me in a very natural way. Mm. So. I think that they've done it in a way where you said that if they base an idea on AI's story yeah. and they write around that, that's original. Yeah. That's fair. Because if you can feed this device, this tool prompt to spit something out, mm -hmm. then it's going to definitely help out with writer's block, which is something people suffer from quite a bit when you're trying to figure out where to go. Um, as I said, mm -hmm. I think it's a great tool. I don't think it's a replacement. There's no way it's going to replace no, 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 writers no. or anything like that. But it's it's definitely a very powerful tool that I have been recently using. And yeah. it does help in a number of situations. So mm -hmm. I, have you used it much in like I, I, playing? Because did I show you that like Tarantino versus uh, uh, what did I do? What did I do? I got Tarantino and uh, James Cameron to argue which 2009 movie was better in glorious bastards or avatar. And I yeah, got yeah. chat GTP to make a screenplay of that. And that was fun. That was actually yeah. quite an enjoyable moment, but mm. have you played around with it much? Uh, I have, I mean, I try to do uh, the thing of uh, making it predict the Oscars, but because the, the base set is uh, at the moment limited um, and the Bing one, I guess it has, I guess, access to the internet. It's still, I couldn't really work around it. I know there's some workarounds uh, to it, but I, I haven't played that much um, with it just yet, but I feel like there's, there's a potential uh, for a, a bunch of stuff that it could just give you ideas and push you in the directions, but it doesn't replace the creative work just yet. I think something that is way more... Um, <laughs> way more controversial as well, because I feel like the, the, the issue with... AI is at the center of it all, you basing it on everything before. And that's also in some sort of way copyrighted. But then when you just base the idea and create something, I guess, kind of new with the AI, then it like legally, it's so like, not, not just legally, because like that's the boring bumbo jumbo, but also especially in the creative work when, for example, Adobe is coming out with Firefly, which is this library that you can just type in prompts, and then it just gives you the assets and it bases it on all of the stuff that is in the Adobe suite library of people that have uploaded their stock uh, stuff onto there. Then everyone who's uploaded their stuff can, like, it's not their images that are being used, I guess, anymore, but then the prompts that you that you create and then it just makes something new. Uh, and that's, like, exciting to use it as a feature, 
but then also not so exciting for the people who used to create that stuff. Um, it's it's a bit like to me, it's it's like I, I don't know if I love it. I love it when I use it, but then when I think about it more, I'm like, oof, okay, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of it's, it. It's I don't know if it's the right phrase to use, but it's a bit of a double-edged sword in the sense yeah, that for sure. With, with with this very specific example of Adobe, if you're creating a large scene, let's say you're creating a large, because another thing I've been doing is playing around with 3D environments. If you're trying to create mm. a large 3D environment, getting those really, I guess, tedious tasks of forming an environment, if an AI could just, if you could just type in a prompt, create a rainforest, and then yeah. you go in and change the details, that is a- That would be great. That yeah. is a great tool to be mm. able to use. And and I guess it's the same thing with this Adobe suite. If you can, if you're creating an image and there's this one part that you're really struggling with and you can get AI to generate that for you, but then you go in and change it, that's where it is. If you're just using AI to create the image, that's not being creative. Exactly. But if you're yeah. using it as a tool and then forming something from that, as we said earlier, with like the prompts that AI can give you, if you chuck in a couple ideas and get it to spit something back at you and you write from that, yeah, that's it being a tool, not mm. it being a writer or a creative. So look, we're in a very early phase of AI being exactly good, I it's, guess. Yeah, it's a thing of like, you know, uh, what, I don't know, whichever law it is, there's like a thing that like tech, uh, I guess kind of doubles each year or something like that incrementally mm. it, it, it exponentially i guess not not incrementally um it gets more powerful and i feel like with ai that's even even more the case where it's really hard to predict where we'll end up because there's a lot of like safety guards like <laughs> that that are put onto it uh, and limitations and you can see it constantly like breaking out as because well. everybody who works for that company that's putting these safety guards is tasked with watching Terminator. That is literally everyone's basis on how far AI can go. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it could. I mean, at, 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 like, when, once it gets to a point, if if it gets there, which I I don't know, I got no I got no idea about uh, tech stuff. When an AI can create another AI, that like the self sufficient thing. Um, yeah, I think that's that's like a bit of a breaking point, but that's um, the stopping point. <laughs> Because, like, as soon as it was implemented in a lot of, like, these places, even early on a couple of years ago, I think there was one that was I've, kind of based uh, uh, with Twitter. Facebook's uh, one? Uh, and yeah, uh, or, like, tw Facebook or Twitter, I don't remember. And it just got racist. <laughs> it's like, okay. Well, it's just like, if you're probably feeding Facebook. up the internet, probably not, not the best place. Well, Twitter is probably equally bad. Um, yeah, but, great. Uh, but, yeah, um, something unrelated. To, to Funny story about yeah. Twitter. Yeah, I re-downloaded it. <laughs> you might have noticed. You did, yeah. No, it's just to retweet that we're going to Cannes. Which, by the way, another reminder: yeah. we're going to Cannes. No, uh, Twitter is getting rid of all of the legacy verified people that actually got verified, and uh, I think from next month on or something like that, uh, there will only be the Twitter blue play people. And I think I saw like a, a really fun tweet. Who was it? Drew Gooden or something? I'm paraphrasing. It's somewhat great because um, before you had to click on a profile to see if like it's it's a loser as Twitter blue or if it's like an actually notable person. And after this, you just know it's a loser. Yeah. But <laughs> thing you don't have to wonder anymore. Um, but yeah, that's that. Uh, there's some cringe stuff that's happening in tech, but AI is something that I will closely, both of us will closely follow because um, the clickbait is, is all 
worth it in in a sense because it does hold uh pretty much limitless potential um if used in the right circumstances and i feel like we'll get way more of those like firefly type of stuff and uh not just the headlines of um <laughs> i guess teachers having to to deal with um not so original uh essays being handed in all the time Mm. There's, there's another bit of news that I just loosely want to touch on. You brought this up. Uh, we don't really do that sort of stuff here, but just because he's been so prominently featured in a couple of a couple of weeks ago with Creed Free and then um, Ant-Man Free that we didn't end up watching, uh, Jonathan Majors has been arrested for an alleged assault. And I know there's, there's no real details about it just yet. Uh, there's no statement yet from, I guess, his representatives, which they claim he's he's innocent and they'll all be cleared up or whatever. Uh, to me, uh, just being involved with this is, I guess, kind of disappointing that something like this is happening when he's just on the verge, verge of uh, breaking out um, and uh, having some really great roles. Uh, just uh, is, is, is a big stain and um, not really who I saw him to be as a person. Um, so that's a bit disappointing, but... Uh, we'll have to wait. The only reason I wanted to get into this is that I haven't seen Ant Man three yet. Yeah, this is the longest I've gone without seeing an MCU film. At really? Launch. Like literally? Yeah. This is I've I haven't seen Ant Man three yet, and I probably won't right. see it until it comes out on Disney Plus. Yeah. I which, have no reason to go see it in cinemas. Which probably won't be that much longer after I guess Guardians three comes out. But that one you'll you'll probably end up seeing in theaters, right? If I hear good things about Guardians three, I will go see it. But yeah. yeah, like if something else comes out, I'll probably go see that first. But this is the longest it has been uh, since an MCU film has come out that I haven't gone and seen it. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that because I want to shit on the MCU, but I'd love to take the next few minutes to shit on the MCU. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> take the floor. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that. I, I, It's more clickbaity news stuff, but yeah. yeah. Uh, what is going on with the MCU? I don't know. I don't Nothing know. Nothing great. Not much. But hey, Guardians 3 comes out soon. Last James Gunn MCU movie for a very, very, very long time. Most likely. I'm excited. Mm. Uh, I will definitely be seeing that in cinemas, I reckon. Yeah. But hey. That's, I think that's pretty much the news, right? We haven't that really got much news. to talk about this week. Nothing yes. nothing crazy happened this week. Nope. Uh, did you see that poster for The Big Shark from Tommy Wiseau? I did watch the trailer for Big Shark as well. <laughs> I haven't seen the trailer yet. Are <laughs> we is... covering that on the podcast? I think we need to cover that on the podcast. It, it is, oh my God, it's so... I, 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 I don't know. I was so... Because it was on the... Um, like There's two different channels who, who does like trailers, right? There's the like Rotten Tomatoes um, indie thing and the main one. And this was on the main one. And I just like was so confused <laughs> as to why that was on the main one because it obviously was like a cheap, like, ha, look at this it's bad. It's the movie. guy who made The Room. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, he, it's the biggest film of all time. And he has he has suffered from uh, I guess uh, climate change and now the room is flooded and we are chased by Big Shark and I mean, I don't know if this will get to me, to Switzerland. I don't know if it will get an Australian release. But if it gets it, I, I guess we can talk about it. Wait. Yeah, maybe <laughs> something that uh, once it hits VOD and um, it's it's past the uh, probably limited run. Or I, I guess maybe it's going for a big theatrical run. Um, we, we, can, we can do some sort of uh, watch party screening for it. Because uh, that's how these movies are supposed to be enjoyed. Not alone at home. That would be kind of sad. 
You want a big so, party with Big Shark. Who is producing Big Shark? That's the ultimate question. You know what I mean? Right. Is it just him financing it himself? Because if it is, I mean, he's the writer-director. This is exciting stuff here. He also uh, he's also starring in it. In it. Of course. I ha- again, I haven't seen the trailer. I'm just looking at the IMDb. Three firefighters must save New Orleans from sh- a shark attack. I, l- oh, God. I love this. I love this. Okay. Um, uh, the producers uh, it's haven't literally really done. <laughs> the producer, production one of them has done. Uh, the one, Have one you of seen the production companies? No, who's the production company? A la board. Uh, it's Vizou Studio. W- oh, my God. It's oh, no. Waizu Studios, Waizu Films. Oh. Which have done all of the other Tommy Wiseau films, and then there's all aboard films, and this is uh-huh. this is great. This is the best. This is my favorite year of being alive. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's going to be a thing. Um, one of the producers is also in the Perch. He's man with dead wife. He's uh, not the <laughs> TV series. Is that and his he also credit? Was, yes, <laughs> he also was in Emancipation last year. He was our our Confederate soldier. <laughs> so, oh I, I, I don't God. I don't know. This um seems to be a fun one. Um and it's yeah. It just like you know is it going to be this bad that you can enjoy it or is it just gonna be bad? Yeah, it looks like a probably fun half star movie that's coming in from uh, Tommy Wiseau. But yeah, I think that's it for the news and my cat is not leaving my microphone. Maybe she should be featured at this point. Oh, oh what do you got to say? Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm watching the trailer. Just, Forgive me. What was happening? No, my, my oh, cat look, was licking my microphone. She was licking the microphone. I'm Can fighting. you turn that microphone on right now? It's not. No, it's not connected. Uh, she, also, yeah. she also doesn't really talk. She, cat my cat only talks when she's lying down and I approach her and I put my hand out to like pet her. As soon as I'm like about 50 centimeters away, she always goes Meow. once and then she doesn't say anything after. Mm. It's always the same thing. Yeah, that's a sassy cat. <laughs> Apart from my cats, let's get to what we've been watching. So, Lachlan, 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 um, you uh, took the time and rewatched the whole first season of The Last of Us again? Yeah, I wanted to watch the John Wick films, but I ran out of time. Uh, mm. But throughout the days of the previous week, I don't know why I said that sentence in that structure, but here we are. Uh, <laughs> I rewatched the first season of The Last of Us, and mm. it is definitely a an experience rewatching it as a full series. Uh you know when you like funnily enough I I guess the other big HBO show that I watched in a very big chunk was Game of Thrones. I didn't really watch the first few I think it was maybe four seasons of Game of Thrones. Uh I think I started watching it with season 5. Mm. So I binged the whole first four seasons and I found that very enjoyable. Very similar yeah. thing here with The Last of Us. It is a really good show to binge in one big session it is a it it is way more impactful emotionally uh i feel like there were scenes that held up better during the rewatch just because i was back to back watching what happened in a previous episode uh and how that affects the emotion of these two actors in the next scene Mm. uh i guess the best example would be episode eight and nine 
because yeah. there was a weak gap between what happened to Ellie and then seeing Ellie's emotional distance to Joel in episode nine. It was mm. a bit jarring when you just watch it after a week, but watching it from that very last emotional scene or almost emotional two scenes and then following up with this distance that Joel and Ellie have in the final episode, it, it definitely hits harder. So mm. to anyone who hasn't uh, seen The Last of Us yet, I am very jealous that you get to watch it in probably the better way of watching it, and that's episode one to nine back to back. So I watched it over yeah. about two days, uh, mm. two or three days of just bang, bang, bang uh, when I was going to bed uh, and falling asleep. But yeah, no, it, it, Last of Us is is really, really rewatchable. Very similar to how it was replayable for me, and I think that's probably the best part so far of the show is that it has been a rewatchable show. Mm. With season two being split, well, sorry, I should say part two being split over multiple seasons, I yeah. will be excited to see how it holds up uh, when they're telling a larger story over a bigger period of time. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I think The Last of Us is wicked. I, I'm a bit disappointed that you get to watch all the John Wick films this week because yeah. I really wanted to rewatch them all. Uh, I probably, I'll probably do it this week, uh, mm -hmm. hopefully. Um, but what, what are we doing next week? I haven't asked. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, which is surprisingly okay, cool. solid. I can already see that. It's, oh, really? It's, uh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. Well, there's no um, other Dungeons and Dragons movie I need to catch up on. So There's maybe I'll, I'll, I'll rewatch the John There's Wick There's actually films. three of them. There's three? What? I, I think I, I'll try to get to them. They, they were like, they, they have no connection to this one. Um, But there's three other oh, Dungeons okay. and Dragons movies that, that, that I kind of want to see to compare it to uh, the new one. But uh, nothing for you to catch up on. I think something that I want to bring sure. up. We did this in January. I think like after episode one aired, I asked you... Uh, I haven't, I hadn't played the games yet, so I never fully looked at the list because I didn't want to be spoiled for my playthrough. Uh, but you sent me a list of like each episode of what you think will happen. Oh yeah, and I think you pretty much nailed. Do you it. have that? Uh, most of it. Hang yeah. On. Uh, Where is it? Uh, how did I go? Episode two: Falling Building, Tessa's death, and oh, by the way, spoilers for Last of Us. I just said yeah, Tessa's death. I mean, Fuck, I'm so sorry. No, obviously. Uh, yeah. Ellie and Joel escaping Fedra agents. I guess there were no mm -hmm. Fedra agents this time. It was more zombies. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. arriving at Bill's. But I guess episode three, Bill and Frank. There we go. But it was more of a spin-off episode. So I guess I said that. I, I kind of look a, I took really a literal ad adaptation. But yeah, yeah, I guess episode three, Bill and Frank. That's good. Episode four, Downtown with the Hunters. And then they meet Sam and ha uh, Henry. That literally happens at the end. And then mm -hmm. episode five is Sam and Henry, Ellie and Joel escape hunters, uh, sewer exploration, and then death, big mid-season finale. That was a mm -hmm. pretty big, like, explosive mid-season uh, finale. There was a big bloater, everything. Man, I was man, I was on fire when I made this prediction. Yeah. yeah uh, episode six, Joel and Ellie arrive at Tommy's place, meeting the town stuff. Ellie runs away. Ellie doesn't really run away, does she? There's just that confrontation that Joel and Ellie have, um, which yeah. I think have, might have been one of my least favorite things is that I really found the running away part quite a dramatic, childish thing to do. They don't mm. do that in the show, but yeah. they still handle it quite they're well. They're also not but being I thought attacked. That might have been, you know, that's also a big thing. Yeah, they're not being attacked. Yeah. yeah. Joel and Ellie chat, big fighting. Joel agrees to take Ellie all the way. That's what happens here. Well, he gives her the option. Episode seven university is, yeah yep. that's the and flashback then, episode that's i guess what you didn't get right there because yeah 
I guess at the end of six. That's where I they guess, get injured. Yeah, he already gets injured at the end of six. Or is that? Yeah, yeah. I guess he does. Because they yeah. do the they do the um they like Kin is a big episode. The yeah. town. Yeah, they leave the town and that's where they do the university. Joel gets injured, mm. and then episode seven is the flashback where yeah. Ellie's trying to heal him, and then leads into David's storyline where episode eight is David's storyline, which standard of the show. Uh, and then I say super fucked up cannibal storyline. Episode mm-hmm. nine, Joel gets Nailed Ellie to Fireflies, where Joel goes massive dad mode and fucks them all up. So yeah. My prediction yeah, was pretty it, damn good. Mm-hmm. You had that one down. Um, apart from, I guess, the two episodes that diverged quite a bit Spin-off from episodes, the show yeah. because you weren't expecting there to be a flashback. Uh, but I guess. as I said, as I said with our, with our season recap, that mm. I'm so excited to see what they do with season two that diverges mm. from the game. I'm yeah. more excited to see where they go with expanding the universe because even though it's not canon to the games i'm considering their expansions what they originally really wanted to tell but just wouldn't work in the video game format so Mm. i'm very excited for the next season of the last of us i will very much be anticipating a great season of storytelling yeah uh, gotta wait uh, i assume about two years until we get back to that 10 years uh no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> almost almost um but no uh let's get to i guess what, what i've been watching um first well, yes up, ewan let's get to what you've been watching yes let's talk about me me bear let's talk about time. you now ewan yes mm-hmm. uh, i <laughs> watched avatar the last airbender over the last few weeks actually and i finished the third season um and yeah so good. it's such a so great good. show uh, it's it's so like good. one that I didn't watch much Nickelodeon growing up, and this is a great animated show uh, from beginning to end. It's like one immediately when I maybe that's me going into dad mode, but immediately while I was watching it, it's like, oh my god, this is a show that I would show my children and let them watch it because it has so many great yeah. messages within it. It's so much about like compassion. It's got really complex characters that oftentimes then get simplified for the sake of being a kids TV show. But there's there's layers to them, and it's so enjoyable to see them uh, on this on this journey of uh, of self discovery of of all of that, like being um, being tested in all sorts of ways, and it's beautifully animated as well. So uh, such a I'll great show. I'll tell you what, it is yeah? a show that I rewatch every few years, and it's just great storytelling. It's and great, right? Yeah, it is so exciting that they have established a studio to do expansive universe stuff have you mm-hmm. seen uh Korra? The spin-off no Korra? i'm about to start it uh because i know that that's like really hated by some people and then some people really love it it is it's mixed i have mixed feelings about it but mm-hmm. stick through it because i feel like it gets stronger and stronger yeah uh it starts pretty mediocre and it's pretty me- mediocre throughout but it, it definitely does become a strong show yeah. It's just not as strong as Avatar: The Last right. Airbender is. I feel like Aang and the gang is a is a way cooler group of characters yeah. than what Korra is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, trust me, they they expand the universe. The biggest issue with Korra is how quickly things advance. Like they have 
like okay. cars and stuff, and it's a bit oh. jarring to be like, oh, okay. So there's the next season Technology of Avatar spinoff going to have like smartphones. So it's right. it, like there's a lot of progression in a very short period of time. But look, okay, I will. I'll stop talking. Enjoy. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll start it this week, actually. Yeah. So uh, I'll report once I've See finished you next the show. Week with Korra. Well, I, I probably won't watch this four seasons of it. I probably won't watch four seasons of Korra. I would it's be surprised. Uh, but yeah, it's the same with Key and Peel. Um, I started watching that just like three days ago. Um, already halfway through season three because you can cruise through those episodes. They're just like 20 minutes yeah. long. Um, and got some really iconic bits. I'm enjoying season um i i guess no season three has has gone off to a really great start there's like the i think there's the sweating bit that's uh memed to in, into oblivion at this point um some really iconic moments and um they are incredibly funny skit. like i i never watch any type of like skit type of comedy i've never watched snl and whenever i see a clip from snl i just feel like Oh, this is another reason why not to watch SNL because they're not really funny. And here you get these really charismatic two guys who are great. They're amazing at their job. And maybe I should watch more of this. I, I don't know if this is like as high as it goes, as good as it gets. Because, um, I mean, they've got some incredible bits in there. I can re recommend that to, to anyone. And I also applaud them for, I think... By the time they finished, they wrapped with season five. They were like, we could extend this. I think they, they could have gone for longer, but they decided to move on. And I think that's really in, in like five-year increments, I feel like you should, as a creative, reestablish what you want to do and move on. That's why like a lot of shows after season five, at, at the latest, they kind of fizzle out and actors aren't really that interested anymore. They're... they're they're sticking around because they get like an increased pay for each episode, but there's no fulfilling thing for them anymore to stick with those characters other than like maybe Bob Odenkirk with Better Call Saul. I feel like that. But even he doesn't really like that. He's, by the way, in a new show called Lucky Hank. Uh, two episodes out for that. I watched those two as well. And it's pretty solid so far. I've been watching a bunch of TV, but I'm holding off my thoughts on that until the season has wrapped. Otherwise, I'll be talking about that each week. Um, but yeah, I also watched the John Wick films, um, reestablishing those for myself because I haven't watched them since, I guess, Parabellum, which was three years ago, four mm. years ago at this point. Um, and in my memory, uh, they were great. Uh, when I rewatched them, they were even better. Uh, I ended up bumping up my ratings for pretty much all of them by like half a star. Uh, I ended up giving three, a five out of five, which is really rare for me. But, um, I mean, the movie is not without its flaws. Some of the characters, I don't really enjoy the quippiness of it. But just the action in it is incredible. Mm -hmm. I just I just loved it so much. Um, and it's great to be in that universe. Uh, and to see how, like, for me, they kind of blended all into this mesh of John Wick. I couldn't really decipher where two ends and three begins. Um, and I think that's just, like, the continued story that you have in this pretty much uh, just like one go linear story of John Wick that's uh, told over just a, I guess, a couple of, of, of days or weeks even, um, which is mm. it's really impressive how incredibly escalated it gets when you compare one to four. It is so different. And something that we'll get way more into when we talk about four is the look of John Wick. When you look at the first one, it does look 
quite decent, but it's got like that desaturated look. Two has a bit more style, and then three explodes with uh, mm. the cinematography. Neon and colors. Exactly, especially neon colored. Uh, and then uh, this one is continuing along that, not as heavy on the neons, but just beautifully uh, lit scenes overall. And uh, yeah, so let's actually get into John Wick Chapter 4, Lachlan. So the fourth installment of the John Wick saga is directed by uh, Chad uh, Chaleski, a uh, stunt performer turned stunt uh, supervisor and now director. Uh, he has directed all four of the John Wick films. And this story sees uh, John Wick, who is uh, on a path to defeat the high table. But before he can earn his freedom, Wick must face off against a new enemy with powerful alliances across the globe and forces that turn old friends into foes. John Wick Chapter 4 has been received so so well over the last couple of days on letterboxd it has a 4.2 on imdb 8.5 and even on metacritic it's a 78 for an action film the fourth one in a saga that's uh, a really high praise from the snobby critics uh, i guess like me over there um it comes in at a runtime of 169 minutes nice and is produced by lionsgate and over doubles the budget of the previous films. Uh, John Wick 1 was produced for 30 million and then 2 and 3 for 40. This one is at a staggering 100 million dollars. But you can really see everything put onto screen with uh, these action scenes that last at the end uh, close to like an hour without like anything breaking uh, the action. And there's mm. even another one that's like 30 minutes ongoing action. So really impressive work over there. Lachlan, the mayhem of John Wick uh, as he unleashes his gun, firing them and blocking them, <laughs> I guess, with his bulletproof suit. What did you make of the fourth installment of John Wick? I thought it was absolutely wild uh as i said earlier in this recording i've re-downloaded twitter and one of the first things i tweeted other than our retweet of us going to khan is that what john wick 4 has done for action is what top gun maverick did for flight scenes it is mm. glorious to see this action it, yeah. if i could have one john wick film set in the john wick universe right every mm. two years that will make up for all of the shitty CGI action scenes that I see in a good 80% of other films mm -hmm. uh, that we see each year. It, it, it is what you see on screen is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I think that the, the biggest downside to the John Wick films is that story-wise, it's a bit like, okay, I see how this can link, but I yeah. don't know why he's still fighting. But I'm not going to a John Wick film to care about the most emotional plot points, the the hard hitting, you know, you yeah. know, I am Iron Man snaps. It's it's not that emotional. Yeah. But oh my god, is it tiring? And I think that is one of the coolest uses of action scenes in any film whatsoever. Is that mm -hmm. in the opening hour of this film, there's a good like. I want to almost say like 20, 15 to 20 minute action scene. I think it's like starts almost 30, and stops. 30. Almost 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Starts checked, and yeah. then stops. You know what I'm talking about, right? Start in the, yeah, yeah, uh, okay. in our hotel, starts mm -hmm. and stops, starts and stops. And you're, and you keep going, oh, oh, 
Oh, and you're and you're getting physically tired watching this scene. Yeah. Which so is John Wick. Mm-hmm. And you're you are as tired as what he is by the end of this scene with how much action there is. And that is a testament to the stunt coordinators, to yeah. uh Chad Zelensky, like his vision of this film. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, the director of photography, what's his name? Dan, uh, Dan Launston. And uh, I mean, did I say shout out to Keanu Reeves? Because shout out to Keanu Reeves. He's like <laughs> yeah. 50 and he's yeah. like doing some, yeah. And he's there's doing some more yes stuff. than ever, to be honest. Uh, um, He does it in like the no. opening and so many yes. But like this, this film was just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And we talk about how going to the cinema, and I and I hate when Tom Cruise is right, but <laughs> when you go to the cinema, mm-hmm. it's an experience. It's it's a lot of fun when yeah. the person next to you who you've never met is also jolting when there's a hard punch, a mm-hmm. tumble, a fall, a gunshot to the head that's come underneath the helmet that John Wick has like specifically done, and yeah. it's like blood splattering everywhere. That people around you are literally like, oh fuck, ah shit, ah go, oh. like there mm-hmm. is that experience that you get, and that is what made John Wick Four even more exciting for me is mm-hmm. watching it in the cinema with a whole yeah. bunch of people. It is so much fun to watch yeah. and enjoy this film, uh, and it is a great sequel. I felt like all of the John Wicks two and three sequels i guess i should say felt like a good continuation but this felt very different like the other ones felt like a natural flow but there was just something different about chapter four where it was just expanding expansive yeah Mm -hmm. but also at the same time still very at home nothing felt too over the top where there's a lot of things in john wick that is very over the top Mm. uh i guess I don't want to get into any spoilers just right now. So I think I might hand back over over to you for your thoughts on John Wick. But I feel like a natural place to go for how over the top this is, is Donnie Yen's character Kane. But I I will talk about my progression with Kane once you're done with your thoughts on the film. So Ewan. Yeah. John Wick chapter four. Hit me. What did you think? Yes or no? So I, uh, yes or no? Yes. I came out of the film oh, okay. uh, giving it a 6 out of 10. I've since gone up to a 7 out of 10. By the time of this review, I might bump it up to an 8 out of 10. I don't know if you can convince me because I'm impressionable at this point. Uh, to me, I didn't really like the all of the expansive stuff of the universe of like a lot of these moments that are slow play, uh, slow played. If you watch the... Because I uh, after this, I had, hadn't seen them before. Maybe I would have enjoyed the film a bit more if I seen one, two, three, and then going to see four. But uh, I've seen it a while ago, so it's um, not as great as some of the other ones to me because it focuses so much on like establishing these cool characters with a connection to John Wick, and I felt like the other ones had a a more of a drive of survival or like getting past it. And here, I guess the flip is that he's more on the attack or obviously has always been on revenge but the revenge seems not as immediate and necessary uh because it's basically more about i guess his freedom at this point and um Mm -hmm. i want to see him fight for his dog i want to see him fight for whatever 
fucked up thing he had to do. I forgot about like the marker thing in the the second one that that's like they they actually done after the first one and that like mm. reels them back in and escalates this whole plot. But um, I also didn't really like the and I I know he's an incredible martial artist. I didn't like the Donnie Yen character if I'm being totally honest. What? Uh, yeah, uh. I feel I felt like the the the, the blind thing was was a gimmick they like overused in a sense of where it was like stretching my imagination with like the blocking of the bulletproof suits that and, and then like the action I, I felt like john wick is always so precise with like shooting and stuff and here especially in the face of between like two bigger characters it was them shooting aimlessly at each other and just blocking all the shots and that took away from the whole thing for me but I mean, it's still an incredible spectacle for, for action and stunts and DS cinematography. So that's what I really enjoyed. And I feel like the more time that passes, I, I, I guess I, I, I value um, that part of it more. And I can just really let all of the screenplay stuff that bothers me or even the stunt moments that I'm not really the biggest fan of just go into the background a bit more and just ex like enjoy the spectacle that, that this movie is. And I, I don't know. I don't know if there's been like... It, anything up to this level i think i think that's why like you said tom top gun maverick groundbreaking thing for action films i feel like this is similar because you got so many incredible stunt workers here because i kind of want to put them on screen right now and like see them roll past all of the people that were stunt uh stunt people in this because like you got an incredible scene in in paris especially all of the uh osaka thing um that action scene those are the, the two big ones in the movie and there's just so much uh, really difficult action that they pull off. It, it is crazy. Mm. The amount of moving things. Yeah, it really has elevated the the action genre. But to, to me, I think part three is just like overall a bit more of a condensed thing. Well, what did you think about the runtime? Did you think it was it was justified that uh, you sit there for three hours? Did you did you enjoy the whole time you were there? Or Yeah, no, I did. I did. I, I did fear the runtime going in. Yeah. If you've listened to the podcast before, I'm a big, like, I think 90-minute films in and out are so much fun because mm -hmm. you get in and you get out and you enjoy your time. I do fear, especially with the previous two to three years, I would say, actually, you know what, I'd say more in the last 12 months more than anything. Yeah, it's crazy. Three-hour movies are becoming more common. Like, yeah. three, like, we had The Batman uh, what other big long films did we have? We had recently. Uh, we had Batman. Babylon was three hours. Yeah. Fablemans. Uh, Dune. Dune, Dune was yeah. two and a half a bit. Fablemans was uh, no. Fablemans wasn't that long. Fablemans it was two was and a half. Two. It was two and a half. Tar was also two and a half. It, it's it's like on on the longer side, but usually those character yeah. pieces tend to be a bit longer. I think something came out about a movie that's coming out this year that's also the longest one that that director has done. I don't know if it's The Killers of wow. the Flower Moon. Um, but but yeah, it's going into a direction where we see a lot of these yeah. longer films. And you you've got you've got a fear being in the cinema that long, having to go to the toilet and miss something really act really really cool like good action. But yeah, uh, what I fear more is just wasted time. And I think that's one of the things I was taught very very early on is that just cut shit you don't need. Mm. And that's what I fear when you go into watching a three hour film is that there's going to be aspects that aren't needed i don't feel that with john wick because mm -hmm. the majority of this runtime is taken up by action scenes mm -hmm. and that is very very exciting and very very fun i don't think 
I at any point felt that it was too long. There have been other three hour films and I think probably the best one. And I was the first example I gave was the Batman, Mm -hmm. the Batman ends and then it doesn't. And then it gets another ending. There's definitely another end point. There's two ends to the Batman and this doesn't have that. The ending is the ending and that's the best part. It's just a continuous build up, a continuous climax. There's a, there's a low point, but then it does a big climax again, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't feel like it ends at say, you know, 95 minutes where I feel like the Batman ends at like, you know, a hundred minutes. And then there's another 40 minutes coming on to be like, wow, this is getting even longer. And like, yeah, it doesn't have the strongest ending as well, where I feel like John Wick chapter four, without getting, I guess, into specific spoilers just yet, uh, does have a really conclusive ending uh, that that feels. I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. But, but you want to get into it? Should we, we want to get into spoilers? Should we yes. spoiler it now? Yes. Let's let's put the final spoiler spoilers. Warning up we and... we did one at the start of the review, but this is like your final final warning to, for actual spoilers right now for the film. He dead. <laughs> he's, he's dead. He's not dead. He's dead. He's not dead. I hope he's dead. Nah. Put him to rest. I don't think he's dead. No. What what do you I think? think he's dead. John Wick five starts I think with he's him like. Out. He's like John Wick Five starts similar to this way. Instead of boxing a like boxing bag, he's punching like the the a part of his <sighs> his coffin. <laughs> uh, no, I I don't Who's think left? there's going to be a John Wick Five. No, there's no John Wick Five. Mm-hmm. I just think that it was a an ending that lets you. I and mean, we're jumping straight to the ending, but I think it's just an ending that yeah. lets you decide whether or not he's dead. Mm. I'd like to think that he got out again, and he's the only person who's ever gotten out from the high table and then gotten out again from mm. the high table. Uh, as much as I would love to see a John Wick 5, if they do one, I'll be pretty upset because I think that it's one of the better endings. What? You know, Chad, uh, what's his name? Chad uh, Shaleski is also doing Ghost of Tsushima. He could die and then come back as a yes. Ghost of Tsushima. He just <laughs> comes back as a Ronin? Oh, gosh. <laughs> he comes back It's not Asian. the first time Keanu Reeves has done that. Uh, <laughs> which by the way we're both really looking forward to that film and his adaptation i think that's that's oh, what yeah. he'll move on to next um he's not doing the spin-off with anadeama's ballerina that's also set between three and four so we might get to see john wick uh but it also might be like a shazam situation where it's just uh wonder woman and you just see the back like of, of keanu reeves's hair uh, um, I don't know. Maybe he's a more prominent uh, person mm. in that film, but I—that's just her, I guess. Uh, I refamiliarized myself with Free, I guess, and basically, she's the one on, um, like up on on the stage dancing, and then she gets interrupted, and everyone gets killed, and I guess she gets away, and then she somehow is then Anadamas, which in that movie in that scene maybe she's a different ballerina i don't know maybe that's like wrong information that's floating around at the moment but she she looked like a 16 year old girl so <laughs> Ana de Amas, uh goes from weirdly portraying marilyn monroe to i guess a 16 year old that's killing people uh it's gotta be interesting to see but um but yeah okay so we jumped straight to the end lachlan uh we haven't let's, really talked about let's... the characters yet so let's talk about the Which is what right? I want to get into because I want to talk yes. about Donnie Yen for a second because you right. said you mm-hmm. don't like him and that makes me upset Yes, a little bit okay. mm-hmm. because I'll be real with you. 
I also did not like him at the start. <gasps> I... What? So, Donnie Yen mm. is incredible. Yeah. Uh, it Man is wicked. And it's kind of made me want to go back and rewatch that series uh, along mm. with the John Wick series. Maybe I should just go on an action binge next week. That'd, <laughs> that'd be wicked. Um, yeah. But it's not the first time I've seen Donnie Yen play a blind martial artist. Mm. Rogue One. There he is. Blind yeah. martial artist. But he had the force that time. He had mm. a reason that he could be able to do that kind of reflexes. Even though I said that this is an over-the-top world, that was one of the most hard-to-believe moments. Mm. But it, it took a little bit. Because obviously he's blind, right? He's yeah. blind. How the fuck is he going to take out some of these some of these people. Yeah. And you don't learn how he goes blind for a little bit. So the entire time I'm thinking he's been blind since birth. He's mm. had this since birth. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe he's trained, but why would these group of people, because obviously early on you learn that uh, John Wick, uh, Donnie and Kane and uh, Sonata's character. I can't remember what his name is. Uh, Adam Aki. Uh, no, not no. That's Bill Skarsgård. Uh, uh, Hiroku Sonata. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shimatsu. 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 Yeah, Shimatsu. Those three were like best friends. So mm -hmm. I was thinking, why would those two trust a blind guy and train him or something like that? So I was going along those lines, but mm. obviously you learn later on that he actually sacrificed his eyes to get out. Similar to yeah. John Wick, he got out. Mm. And that made me realize that he wasn't blind, so he was trained. And it made me more impressed because he is essentially just using his reflexes of what they would do. Mm. Then you get that action scene in Osaka where he's putting those devices that make chimes. He's yeah. adapted, he's learnt. And I was like, okay, maybe this is a bit more believable. And it started to realise that when you have that final up battle, up, up the staircase the scene stairs, yeah. with John and him, that John is calling out people, hey, yeah. at your six. Or like he says, stares at your six, or do you want mm. to take nine or 12? Well, he just says nine or 12 and he says nine, I think. So he does nine o'clock. He shoots nine o'clock mm. or how he kind of now as a blind person shoots in a general direction and hopes that he hits something, but then he goes on with his blade. So yeah, slowly but surely I started falling in love with the idea of his character. And I, and I thought that it was going to be too over the top, but mm -hmm. I became more and more attached, and I thought this is a way cooler character that he doesn't want to be back in. Similar to yeah. John, he doesn't want to be in this situation, mm. but he has to do it for a similar thing to yeah. honor the memory of his daughter or the you know to protect his daughter. Mm. Uh, the best line of the film is at the end, you know, when the marquee says "Think of your daughter," and he just goes "Fuck off," right? That like I think that was the funniest moment of the film. Like he yeah. he is a he doesn't want to be fighting for these people, but he needs to in this situation. Mm. And I started to respect the character more and more. And I think that it's going to 
obviously become a spin-off character in this John Wick universe uh, with the end credit scene we have at the end. Well, it's the end credit scene where Akira is going after him. Yeah. Like that's the, I mean, that's the, I guess the spinoff. Yeah. Other than ballerina. It, it was kind of implied, I, I guess, that he gets killed, but I didn't think he, get, I, I don't think he gets killed. That there's like a whole action scene that would unfold from there. Uh, yeah. I feel like, I, I don't, I don't know. I feel like, um, I'm I'm cutting some slack to Donnie Yen. I didn't mean to say like I, I liked him the least. I think that spot is reserved for Akira, if I'm being honest. I, I didn't like that storyline. Oh, okay. Because uh, um, Donnie Yen goes up against the, these foes. He ends up killing Akira's father, right? His, his friend. And then he moves on to another character that he has to fight. And I feel like there he gets... I agree with you. At the start... Um, I didn't really enjoy him as much. And then uh, I guess pretty early on when he has to, that whole back and forth of like, well, I, I don't really want to kill you, but like honor and stuff like that. Yeah. It, it, to me, that was like, I don't know. I, I get why it's happening, but I feel like it's it's so annoying, <laughs> annoying to see. And then the fight between him and John Wick was uh, better in a sense because both of them don't really want to kill each other. And um the back and forth that is somewhat comedic, like, are you dead yet or whatever, uh, isn't as comedic in, because they, they really don't want to do it. Uh, so then it, it, beca- it becomes more believable that, like, John is also holding back in a sense. He doesn't want to kill him or maybe get away with, like, playing dead or, or whatever, and it just doesn't work out. Uh, and uh, by the end of it, the, the stair fight, I think, to me, is also the highlight uh, of the, the whole fi- film. It's also, like, really funny. The way like people just come comedic like um uh our theater I I watched it uh, at a at a preview press screening and even the press people which usually tend to be really silent when even in comedies uh were like laughing pretty hysterically at like that final thing where like people just keep tumbling down it's, it's actually so funny uh and and he's great in that like the, them working together really works great and i feel like it's also like harder for his character who's just like going off reflexes to differentiate between what well, where's john wick and where's his enemies mm. um so them calling it out i think that was a great tag team um and then yeah, him ending up there, uh, I would have liked to just see a happy ending for him, but I guess they said that early on that now um, Akira is is coming uh, after him. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I guess that's one way to continue um, the series in a sense. And then she kills him, and then the daughter maybe becomes an assassin, and then they fight against each other. It's like, no, yeah, it's never ending, eh? It's, no. Look, out of Cycle out of, of all of the 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 new characters that got introduced this film, mm-hmm. Kane is probably the best one. Uh, yeah. Skarsgård's character is was a bit there, of a bitch, but <laughs> obviously he's the villain, yeah. so he's meant to be let go. Yeah. Um, the tracker. I mean, yeah. Again, what do you make, character what do you make that, of the tracker? Yeah. Well, obviously, we needed to get more dogs. Uh, Parabellum exactly. introduced <laughs> exactly. two of the greatest characters in the John Wick universe, and that's mm-hmm. two like German shepherds. I think they mm-hmm. were German shepherds. I think uh, so, yeah. Having the time of their lives, like the action sequences of the dogs was so much fun. Yeah. I think that was the highlight of Parabellum. To have another dog in the film, it, 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 it's, a, it's a two, it's a, a again, a double-edged blade, I guess, because mm-hmm. I enjoy watching dogs in these action scenes, but 
but if the dog gets hurt, I fucking hate that character that hurt him. And yeah. guess what? There's a character that throws a dog against the car. The dog doesn't get injured or die. That's great. Yeah. But it makes me hate that character even more. So well yeah. done because it made me hate you even more. Uh, <laughs> but the yeah. tracker himself, I guess, was an interesting character because uh, he obviously was interested in taking the contract against John. Mm. Uh, but John, at a point, saves his dog because he's he has a flashback, I guess, to his dog being killed, and he, it's it's a bit and of he a stops Batman. the tracker going on the same journey. Yeah, it's a bit of a like Martha Batman we Superman moment. It's like I have yeah dog. yeah dog good I can't but kill a person with dog, dog. good yeah, <laughs> uh, but like I, I I can't I can't fault that moment because it the tracker is obviously he's flowing between wanting to kill John and wanting to mm. protect John because he wants to keep John around to get a higher bounty yeah. uh, reward, but he doesn't want to kill him when he gets told to kill him because, you know, he's also fighting for a reason that's quite honorable, I guess. So the tracker has a weird place in this, uh, but because, in this film. Is, yeah, He's almost it, like a deus ex machina. Yeah, <laughs> we can't let is, John yeah. die. Shoot him, like, exactly. like that's what the tracker is. And I think also he he's a younger character, and you can see those people already affected by the high table, and he's not really fully mm. sucked into the world yet, and he's basically at a um at a crossroads where he has to decide: does he work for the high table? And he feels like he has more control over what he actually does, and basically, you know, selling his whole life away, like Donnie Yen. You. you uh, have no control uh, after. And even someone like John Wick who gets out, which now I'm like wondering, how did John Wick get out before? Uh, I don't know. What I did guess. he have to do? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I guess they did. Well, I mean, they say the it. How many, they, I mean, yeah, yeah. They, but they also say it's like, how many did you have to kill to get out? And he's like, mm. a lot. Uh, so yeah. obviously he did a, he did a little to do that. But he did that for the I guess Russian he also, mafia guys in the, the first one. Yeah, the interesting thing about the tracker is the the naivety of him. You said yeah. it with like what he has to do with the high table. Mm. You know, there's there's the scene where he is talking to the marquee, and like, uh, Donnie Yen is also in the same scene, and he's like, yeah. "Hey, just think before you say yes." And mm. we know that because he has taken a deal, and he's probably done deals in the past with yeah. a similar character, and. Uh, Kane uh, and John will both know this. You don't trust anyone. And the tracker mm. takes the deal, but he ends up having to do this really hardcore scene that they don't cut away from. And that's very bold where he has to rip his hand yeah. out of a knife. I, and I, man, that was a, ooh, that was a tough. That's yeah, a bit that of a tough. hair sticking up scene, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Like you just, yeah. you feel uncomfortable watching that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And um, well, I, I think, I, I think he is another. Uh, actor that's that's great. Shamir Anderson has done a lot of like more indie work. I think overall, uh, I've I've seen him in a movie on on Disney Plus the other week that's called Bruiser. He was he was great in it there, and uh, he he gets some solid action. He gets to be around the whole time, uh, and mm. just like shoot shoot shoot, and I guess uh, just have a good time with uh, him and this dog. Uh, I didn't really love. The uh, Marquis, uh, I think um, Bill Skarsgård is an incredible actor, but I think he was made out to be this pathetic loser character um, like that wants to be intimidating and also is intimidating in a sense just because he has power. Um, but 
Uh, I ultimately really enjoyed how how he goes, although it is kind of a kind of a funny moment uh, where yeah. you know he he wants to be like the killing blow, and he's just too arrogant to see that like. <laughs> I love the who who is it at the end who says like Mr. Manager was it Winston who goes like you dumbass he did he hasn't shot his yeah uh, shot yet. yeah that was so funny <laughs> that was so good <laughs> so uh, I like that and uh, we already talked about the ending of him him dying there um now what what are some of the the best moments um to you in this I, I guess it's just like the easiest thing is just well just the whole big action set piece but was was there like specific moments that you, that really stood out to you i mean there's that shot with uh john uh when we're introduced to him at the Osaka hotel with that yeah. uh, is it a cherry blossom tree yeah uh, and i yes. was like oh wow they're doing something here with the cinematography and it mm. made me realize that they're gonna go hard in making these shots look incredible uh with the lighting especially the yeah. the, the lighting in this film it's harsh it's especially in the uh uh I, I guess the German rave scene. Like yeah. it's just bright lights the entire time. It's not soft, mm -hmm. it is hardcore, uh hardcore white light. It it is mm -hmm. very harsh lighting in some scenes, but it's also very sharp lighting in other ones with mm -hmm. contrasting colours the entire time. The I guess the best moment for me uh I have to admit, I really enjoyed that German on the ground fighting scene. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed the over-the-topness of that character uh, playing poker, uh, you know, saying that ever right. since the beginning, okay. he was, they were losing and he plays a, a, a straight five cards uh, and, you know, Kane says, let me guess. Five straight, like it, yeah, it, it's a fun scene. Something like that, yeah. And as I as I said, it's it's over the top. I yeah. As much as I don't enjoy some of these characters, and I do agree, the Marquis is a bit of a bitch, uh, and he's a bit of a weak character. Is he's over the top, a bitch, and that's yeah. I don't watch these films for the character development. I don't watch these films for the plot points. I watch these films for the action, yeah. and they are dumb fun and it's so much fun to watch this film mm -hmm. um so for me i guess my favorite moment was that but i also have to admit i think my favorite moment was that opening fight scene in osaka where john akira uh or, or they all go their separate ways and john's told to kill as many of them as he can and it's a yeah. it's a 30 minute fight scene and you get physically tired from watching it yeah, yeah, and John gets physically tired from watching it. And, and I think that made me realize that they had found a point in the John Wick series where they could do so much action to make you tired to show that John is tired and mm -hmm. it's a perfect wrap up of the series. So for me, I think that is the standout moment that they figured out how to make action scenes tiring so that you feel tired and that John feels tired. And, and again, it all just works so well in that opening moment. So for me, that's the best moment yeah. of John Wick 4 by far. Yeah, uh, it has some incredibly good moments. I think a lot of people are going to really enjoy that like top-down look that they do in, I think it's Berlin or maybe it's later yeah, on in Paris. that is like, sick. I think it, yeah. no, it's Paris. I and think the, it's and Paris the shotgun off. Oh, I forgot the shotgun. That yeah. was so much fun. The fire shotgun. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that was that's also really good. Well. 
there was really a lot of like showcases and i mean the arc de triomphe uh or is it no i think it's arc de triomphe where they like go around uh in the circle thing the big uh six laned um what is it called uh, uh roundabout roundabout um, yeah and uh I, I like the first part when they're in the car at, at the start of it where he like loses both of the doors to the car and like crashes them uh with the people like he doesn't have a gun or he needs to reload and the other one's like reloading and he has to crash into mm. them there's a lot of great um stunt coordination there and then the fight uh I, I think gets a bit messy in a sense of like the cars just keep going and it's basically another like deus ex machina thing of like people just get run over but i like in the series yeah. that john also gets run over it's not just the enemies he continuously like in two and three as well gets like hit by cars i think um and yeah. uh yeah it's just a really strong i felt outing. i felt that the start of that scene with the car was a bit of an homage to the first film regarding a car and i felt like uh, that's the that's the beginning of his like final triumph into the fight yeah uh, with i think the best going like, back through yeah. the previous films i think the, the start of the second one is where he's in the car he gets his car back right um and yeah. there, there's one scene where he's like crashed into and then the, the door he has broken off and he like is the stunt is crazy how like he gets fl uh flinged out of the car he just like mm. gets pushed out um i was waiting for like a similar moment in this but i guess uh, i guess it didn't do it it's on a smaller scale I, I prefer that like scene in two over this in four but it's just on a completely different level again and then i think that the lighting in the osaka showroom that they like you establish the scene early on where they walk through it and you get to appreciate the production design and then they return to it to just completely destroy it. I think that's not, like, it's not a highlight for all of the different branches in filmmaking. Like, the art direction, mm. the production design gets to shine here. Uh, you get a lot of, like, great um, stunts, obviously, and the cinematography is, is highlighted. I feel like everyone gets to shine. Uh, and, and for that, it is commendable. I think maybe we'll talk, talk about that in a second as well. It's like, Stunts being underappreciated, in a sense, as well in um, Hollywood, uh, and uh, only the Screen Actors Guild basically. I, well, I guess I'm getting to it right now, but uh, the Screen Actors Guild does have an award in TV and and movies to give out a, an award for best stunt ensemble. Um, and the Oscars don't have that yet. It's like the last major branch who does not have uh, an Oscar uh, category, and I feel like. It's going to come up in a conversation again this year, especially with this film. Dune will have a bunch uh, of, of action in it. And um, I'm sure there'll, there'll be some other Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Um, so hopefully this conversation uh, gets accelerated to, to a point where uh, these people get their due. Uh, because it incentivizes um, more great action, I guess, to be put into movies. Uh, and it also would solve... I just think that a, there's yeah. been... There's just been such a low period of good action for a while. Right. There has been no reason to praise action when most of it had been digitally enhanced. Um, where I say digitally enhanced, uh, John Wick still has a lot of CG in it that yeah. enhances the scene. But you, you can see that in films, and you said a great, another great example, like Mission Impossible, there's, there's something different about those scenes, and it's the same with John Wick, that it feels raw, it feels authentic that it's just cgi enhancing 
what has already been captured in camera, not capturing something in camera and then sending it to the, you know, visual effects team to create a scene from that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I think that's yeah. where the argument comes in for a, a, a stunt category at the Oscars because this kind of film should win. I mean, also just last year with, with Avatar, uh, you got like a lot of stunts with the underwater filming that like, mm. essentially it's all of the dangerous stuff that happens and the safety precautions where the stunt people come in and, and do all of that essential work that uh, I guess it would go more to like the, the superhero movies that would get nominated. But I feel like that would just be a win overall for, for the Oscars as well, for like something that they've, uh, feared for a long time to um i guess become more and more irrelevant and people not caring about them as much to maybe uh jamie lee curtis could have got a second oscar for being wired up in everything everywhere all at once for best action best hot dog flicking hot dog finger flicking. best hot dog flicking yeah <laughs> uh, and it's, yet another uh, award yeah. that that i mean everything everywhere this year probably would have gotten right other than maybe top best Gun. action because the action. Oh, you, actually, yeah, Top Gun could have gotten, but I mean, it depends what they categorize as action. Yeah. Maybe it's just like captured in camera action, not CGI action. But it, but then again, if we're going to do that, we can't have MCU films come in there because I, I don't think the no, action I think in that it would, would just have been... be stunts overall. I, I don't think that the CGI thing would affect that in in the slightest. Uh, because but what, but what, 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 what do you mean is like when we get then. a full body replacement, right? That does like then the action in a sense. Yeah, right? because uh, like, as you said, visual effects, action, stunt action, what counts as a stunt? Is it something physically done? Yeah. Well, no, I, yeah? I think, uh, the Oscar expert Cole had a great video about this, like the other day that he made about, um, why it should be added and uh he i think what he proposes that it's called uh stunt design not stunt performance or whatever because it is an art form in itself with okay, the stunt sure. coordinator and a director to direct it and it's like a separate part of i guess the stunts and then it will kind of um be carried over into when there's a cgi effect it's still extending the stunt thing so it would yeah. still be part of the of this although it is an overlap sure. of the VFX if it's stunt whatever. direction then that's fair. If it's stunt direction, yeah, stunt that direction is or stunt a, design, yeah, yeah. Like that, If it's yeah. just best stunt, I'm thinking actual stunts done in a film, not the visual the side, Tom the Cruise visual effects side. But if it's yeah. best stunt direction, then yeah, I guess. I think best stunt would also be so limiting in a sense that it's like also to one person and one stunt or one character, and the stunt design would be more overall for the branch. And one of the issues being. Is that like what the academy has used so far for not including it? Is like this. There's like about 30, 35 members in the academy at the moment that are stunt people. And the smallest branch, otherwise, is like one of the production design or whatever with like 130 mm. members. And they're like, well, there's just not enough people around to, to vote for this to have its own branches. Like, well, add a bunch of people. There's more than enough talented people yeah. working in stunts. Um, so I feel like this is an easy, easily fixable problem. It's also not the biggest. Thing. you still get these movies they don't need an award it would just be nice for uh just them to be acknowledged and appreciated overall because at the end of the day that's what these uh, awards should be for at least for the consumer not for yeah. the industry within um 
we talked about the other thing as well, yep. just quickly yep. yeah, yeah. before we move on about stunt category is that if it does get into the Oscars, it would have definitely gotten films an Oscar nomination when they didn't get one. I think two that yeah. stand out for, for fairly recently that were great action bullet train, not mm. no nominated for anything. And I felt that out of everything, the action in that was the best part, but there was nothing yeah. else there. Uh, another great one, less so, but I thought that the action was really good. The Gray Man from Netflix. Right. That should have gotten something for the action. But now I think of it, <laughs> most of that action was digitally enhanced on a green screen. Yeah. And I felt that that could be these films that we had a lot of fun with that, sure, weren't breathtaking like the John Wick films. They're not the most, as I said, emotionally hard-hitting films. but has any John Wick film been nominated for an Oscar? I don't think they have. The only thing I could see is with the third one being for cinematography. Let's actually check this. Yeah. Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films in 2019 for the third one. And it was a nominee for the Art Directors Guild. Uh, yeah. But yeah, nothing with... It's surprising to me that I, I'm not even seeing the... Wait, this is, this is baffling. Wait. Why not for SAG, the Screen Actors Guild? Why didn't they get... They, they should have probably won, like, those stunt categories. Or were they not implemented yet? would be crazy if, like, John Wick doesn't get, like, a nomination in the stunt department for the movies. But anyways, it's mm. uh, a uh, bit of a tension there. But, like, but like if, I'm, if I'm totally honest, out of anything that the stunt direction category could bring to the Oscars, it's just a... Uh, an acknowledgement of films that didn't have anything crazy going for it, but mm -hmm. wanted to entertain you with action. And I think the yeah. gray man is a perfect example of that. And so would bullet train. It's another great example. It would that be... should get some sort of <laughs> nomination. It would be very funny if like, you know, the usually like how the Oscars work is like in the specific branches, they end up making the nominees, but then the whole Academy mm. votes on the vin winners. Right. Uh, well, I guess yep. that wouldn't happen with the nominations, but it would be very funny if like something that is more best picture esque then wins, although it has clearly the worst stunts in it, uh, just yeah. because like, people don't bother to watch th those other films. Uh, that would be very Oscar like. But um, yeah, uh, I guess in recent years there have been some changes. Well, we've been talking about the Oscars way too much. They they've gotten way too much publicity from this. But I think lastly that this movie. By the end of the year, I'm sure of it, does deserve a cinematography nomination. And there's no stunts that come anytime soon. So I think that's the one where it really shines. I think even if you don't really love the screenplay like I did, the stunts were great, but also had not, not didn't work for me the whole time in, 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 like the, in the story sense. The cinematography is amazing from beginning to end. And I feel like it's a visual spectacle for that alone. A reason enough to stay for three hours and just to, to watch the movie. In my opinion, Lachlan, do you have anything else to add? Um, I don't think I do have anything else to add. Uh, I think I've said my piece pretty much yes. thoroughly that it's nothing deep, but it's very, very good action. And yep. as I said, that tweet that I made earlier today, that what John Wick has done for action scenes. And, and honestly, I said John Wick 4 in the tweet, but I could probably just say John Wick in general. What John Wick has done for action scenes is what Top Gun did for flight scenes. It is mm. phenomenal to see hand-to-hand -hand 
uh, action done so well. So yeah. That's what you get when you have a stunt coordinator turned director. He's going to want to make it actiony. He's going to make it want it fun. Uh, he's going to make it, he's going to want to make it fun. I said that sentence mm. terribly, but Hey, what can I say? I yep. got blown away by the phenomenal John Wick 4. I guess someone who we haven't talked about at all. And there was a, a really tragic passing of Lance Reddick. He's also in the film. And then he also gets killed in the film uh, early on. Um, it, it's a bit of like a setting up, I guess, for the overall story to, to escalate further that like, it's supposed to establish um, uh, Bill Skarsgård's character as like a, a a threat in a sense because these characters have been like Lawrence Fishburne as well has been like cut up and so far the uh, hotel director or whatever um, he's been left pretty unscathed uh, similar to uh, the uh, res not receptionist uh, what's his name he's got like a more fancy name um, to himself he's okay so his name is Caron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he is based on mythology of the fairy man. Anyway, I don't want to get oh, into it. Oh, okay. But I I, one thing that. I do want to get into, yeah. one thing I really want to get, because obviously mm -hmm. they give him the gold to get safe passage to what, yeah. you know, that's the reference that they make with the gold coin. Right. Um, From my knowledge, it's pronounced Karon, like a, it's, it's C-H, mm. but it's yeah. K. That's how you pronounce it. Mm. And the only thing that shit me in the entire film is that Winston says Sharon, like Sharon. Yeah. Like Sharon, like that annoys me. Like Sharon Osborne It's not Sharon Osborne. Yeah. It's Caron. And that really pissed me off. That's the only thing I have to hate about this film. And that really annoyed me. Well, but Hey, no. what can I, I can't say any, I, I'm not going to say anything else about the film bad. Because everything else was great, but that really annoyed me. It's turning De Niro in this. Uh, okay. Uh, so uh, being, that, oh, yeah, being that. <laughs> that being the only thing you hated, where did you arrive at as a rating for chapter four? Um, so I did a sneaky thing on Letterboxd and I didn't put a review because I didn't want you to have any presumptions on how I was going to react to it, Ewan. Yeah, because I definitely didn't check at all what you rated it. I would Excellent. Mm -hmm. So Ewan... <laughs> Yeah. So far in 2023, I have I been pretty positive with some films, oh, okay. but, 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 uh, I have had to, I've had to hold myself back mm -hmm. on, on films with what I've been giving it. So, yeah. uh, this film, John Wick 4, very similar to only one other film that I can say so far this year that I have given a five star to. I'm giving. <coughs> oh, going, I'm getting choked up. Hang on. <coughs> oh, one sec. Okay, okay. Take your time. Damn. Five star rating. Jesus. Because it was such an emotional Ooh. ending. No, I'm fucking with you. Uh, I'm giving John Wick four five stars. Okay, okay. Uh, wow. For being great action. Mm hmm. So much fun, uh, and a at least in my eyes, a great conclusion to the John Wick saga, and also having it open enough and in introducing some characters that we could see pop up, whether it be in a prequel, sequel, etc., etc. John Wick Four is getting five stars. 
and I'm going to have to rewatch it, but right now I'm saying it's my favorite John Wick film. Oh my God. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm going, we didn't have a fight just yet because I, I also appreciate the other ones. I hold them to a really high standard, rewatched them. It was like John Wick 4 got a four, uh, John Wick 1 got a four star. Two got a four and a half, and I bumped my rating up for free to a five star just because it was so fun. Um, I think I need to revisit the fourth one because I watched it uh, where like it was an early screening and I didn't sleep the night before, so maybe I was really cranky and not really patient and already tired before we even started fighting. You know, as you said, the, the fight seems to get tiring and we feel that. I. I I gave it like a three out of ten, uh, not a three out of ten, a six out of ten at the start. I think I'm bumping it up to to a seven. It is now to me closer to an eight uh, than a seven. Talking about it, there's just a lot of stuff to be appreciated, and it's one of the highest rated films of the year for me so far. You said it's the second five star for you that you've given to a 2023 movie or to a film overall in 2023. Uh, to a film that I've given a review to in 2023. The other one ah, was okay. After Sun. That's obviously from last year. But yes. It's the first. It's the first 2023 movie uh, that I have given a five star to. Now there is a number of films that come out in 2023. Oh, what are you doing? Getting. Oh, he's getting the poster. Man, you love Paul Mescal so much that you have a poster of him. Uh, there's a lot of films that come out so far for the rest of 2023. Uh, that I could possibly give uh, more uh, more five stars to. Uh, yeah. I'm just talking about the film. Sorry, now you got your headphones back on. I'm just talking about the films yep. that I could possibly give five stars to that I'm yet to see mm -hmm. this year because obviously they haven't come out yet. Yeah. Just off the top of my Dune. head, you know, I'm thinking Dune Part 2. Yeah. Uh, uh, what else could be coming out? What else is coming out this Disappointment year? Disappointment Boulevard, uh, Ariastas. Disappointment uh, Boulevard, Ariastas, not... yeah. Boys um, the Barbie movie. Uh, yeah. that's a possible. Uh, Asteroid City. If it comes out this year, a Wes Anderson I think it film, does, which it's likely to I'm, come to Cannes, actually, so we might even get to see that early. I might lose my mind if I see a Wes Anderson film at Cannes. <laughs> I think I might lose it. my mind. I'll hold your hands. Uh, we can we can sit next to Killers each other. of the Flower Moon this yeah. year, most mm -hmm. likely as maybe well. Also uh, yeah. like. Maybe also can. Yeah, uh, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of films that could be some five bombers this year yep. that really pop off. Uh, mm -hmm. th so those are just some of them. Yeah. Uh, Aquaman. <laughs> sorry, I need to stop. <laughs> Is that this year? I really I, I I peaked. <laughs> Blue I Beetle. Peaked Flash. Uh, <laughs> Everything I in the DC. At saying that Barbie was going to be a five star. Yeah. Uh, you know, <sighs> we don't it's... know what else could be coming out that could be a five star. You know. Yeah, um, I think one of the films that could be it for me is uh, How Do You Live from Hayao Miyazaki, his, uh, potentially yep. last, his potentially last film. And then it was another one that I'm blanking on right now. Oh, yeah, Past Lives, the one that premiered at Sundance, seems to be really up my alley, another A24 film. Um, but yeah, so far, I think this is like the second highest rated film I've had of 2023, which is surprising to me. I thought I, I liked the i've had like the year so far more but like my currently highest rated one is like a four star for infinity pool um but yeah uh some solid <laughs> some solid films so far uh that have come out uh but more to come and uh I I'm, I'm landing on a on a three and a half out of uh five for john wick a chapter four we can both wholeheartedly uh shout it out um it's a cinematic experience that I think is best experienced in the theater on the biggest screen, especially on the best sound system as well possible. 
because it, it does have like a lot of great design uh, yeah. and just like a coming together of all of the different branches making the movie the, the best it could be for an action film. Um, so, Lachlan, what do you want to pair up with John Wick Chapter 4? You've been in the seat for three hours. What would be your double feature pick? Um, I wanted something that made me enjoy the film, enjoy the action. I don't know mm -hmm. where to go because a lot of good action films out there. But uh, when I was looking at lists of uh, sort of action films, I thought of one when I saw the first one. Mm -hmm. And I was like, actually, I think I might do the sequel. Because I think the sequel is, is a bit more fun. Okay. It's Kill Bill Volume 2. Yeah. I want to partner it up because it is the accumulation of action films that Tarantino watched. And that's mm -hmm. action yeah. films from around the globe. A very specific, uh, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, inspiration from yep. Asian action films. Uh, Kill Bill is, is basically white people who want to be samurais. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Basically what Kill Bill is to, to Tarantino. But uh, Kill Bill is so much fun. You know what? Fuck it. No, I'm saying Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. It's, it's, he, consider, he considers it two films as one. So I'm doing Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. It's one film, but it's two films. He considers it one film. So it's, it's Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. I, I'm also going with another dub, potential double feature in the double feature because there's two films in it uh that i'm considered as one uh i think i'm sticking with the first one here with the raid uh we did get two of the actors in uh john wick uh chapter four the two indonesian actors yayan uh runan and sepip arif rahman i probably butchered their names into oblivion there but uh yeah they, i think they're in the second one i don't know if they're in the first one as well but uh some incredible stunt uh coordination there as well, just balls-to-the-wall action scenes, um, similar to John Wick, and I guess with John Wick, it has arrived at a broader scope for a bigger audience than these uh, Raid films, but uh, yeah, check out those Indonesian films, um, but Lachlan, uh, our subject next week and the new release of the week is Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. I had a chance to watch this a couple of weeks ago already and I'm uh, looking forward to revisiting it. Uh, we'll get into that a bit more, but uh, if, if we have any, you know, familiarity with Dungeons and Dragons, I, I only played it once, uh, so there's not too much uh, for me to tag along to, but it's, it's, it's uh, one that I can... Um, recommend for people even if you're not into dungeons and dragons it's a great adventure uh action film a more adventure than action i'd say uh but yeah go give that a watch we'll get into a full-on spoiler thoughts next week and then if you are in the states you are getting uh an expanded wide release for a good person starring um oh fuck uh florence Pugh, right oh fuck uh, i think that was funny uh, i feel like fuck who is it Fuck. Uh, yeah, no, starring uh, Florence Pugh and uh, Morgan Freeman, Alex Wolf, uh, lots of people. I think it's a film from uh, Zach Graff. Is that his name? <laughs> Should have, Zach Braff, not You're Graff. So That's my name. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a 
Good person. Uh, anyways, it's taking me a thousand and one years to finish up this. Uh, oh my god, this podcast. But well, that's another film that premiered earlier this year at Sundance. It's expanding wide as well. It's releasing wide. That's a A24 film mm -hmm. that I would love to uh, check out as soon as possible. It's been getting pretty good reviews, uh, but we'll have to wait and see if that gets a release anywhere close to us soon as well. And then on Sunday night, tonight for us, later on, I know you haven't seen the series yet, but I'll probably have to bully you in the next couple of weeks to go finish because the last season of Succession is premiering Sundays. So for the next eight weeks, 10 weeks, I don't know how many episodes there will be. Um, Succession is coming out. I'm uh, very, very eager to see where the story concludes. I'm happy that they, I guess, picked a finish point for the show. So it really lives up to the potential. To me, this is one of the best modern series uh, made in the last couple of years. Uh, so I'm really, really keen to uh, dive back into the world of Succession. But that's it for uh, this week. Next week, like I said, we'll talk about Dungeons and Dragons. So in the meantime, uh, let us know in the comments below which of the John Wick films uh, your favorite is. And uh, maybe it's uh, John Wick 4. Let us know uh, what you thought of the film. And then while you're done there uh, and, you, and if you haven't subscribed already, subscribe, leave a like. And we'll see you next week, Lachlan. Bye. Yeah. 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 Wake the fuck up, samurai. I don't know.